2: Welcome to another edition of the Dogger Pass podcast. This for UFC 245 Usman versus Covington. We got three title fights on the card. We also have Cody Safdick here in studio. Coming off of, I don't know if we were all that confident going into the last card. We were just like, we just like all the favorites, and then that worked. And then I (laughs) and we 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 isolated Sales as being the person to be safdicked. Which I got got saftic. Got on yeah. Twister.
1: Like that's the most saftic thing so happening in a long
2: time. Hard safticking, oh, yeah, yeah. deep safticking. Um, but either way, yeah, crushed, crushed, the card. I didn't hedge out of a parlay because I was just in YOLO mode. I felt pretty fortunate getting to you missed
1: you missed a I hedge got, by I four felt, seconds.
2: I oh, felt what? I felt really, really fortunate just to get through Song Yadong with that parlay still intact. And then there was Marina Rodriguez getting tenated in, in uh, round three. Against Cynthia Calvia who cheated by missing weight and then had tons of energy in round three. But you know, that's that's the game. So by the time I got by the time I got to that point in the parlay, I'm just like, you know what? This is seemingly just going to work out. And uh yeah. Apparently two of the judges had it for nothing for over him. So I was literally four seconds away from an extra like fifteen hundred bucks or so. Yeah, to breaks. Yeah, see Lavia. I, whatever. I, I gamble more for fun. This is not my profession. My profession, believe it or not. Is production?
1: Oh and, wow! Couldn't have. I, I would not have been able to Shocking, tell. Shocking, right? All right. A little bit by of, the fact that you forgot to put the audio
2: on a couple th- weeks ago. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough <laughs> doing all of this stuff. All right, but uh, a little bit of housekeeping here. So number one, Lockport, Gambino, Ford won the freaking draw again. How do you let this happen? Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. So, like Lockport, you know, you everyone, can't tell him
1: to not enter. I mean, he's
2: no, he's, like, if he's giving a like of the on show
1: it. and giving he's, his DK handle plus his question of the week, which is all the requirements like Lockport, of this fucking contest. Lockport three one
2: two one something like that. Like, I don't even have to write it down. Everyone knows who Lockport Gambino Ford is at this point. We've given Here him is
1: sixty DK dollars.
2: Here's this week's DK giveaway. You gotta one, give the episode a like. Two, in the comments section, leave your DK handle and a greasy theory of Pat Mayo or what connects Pat Mayo and Lockport Gambino for. cuz like this is he's going on a, an absolute ridiculous run where it almost seems too good to be true like pat like this guy like maybe this guy helped pat bury a body or something one day i don't know i don't know the uh, maybe the, this the floor guy the yours. greasy theory is pat mayo <laughs> maybe pat oh my god Oh, my God. So, yeah, in the comments section, congratulations to Lockport Gambino Ford. Uh, That's if people even want to join it this week because, like, Lockport
1: Gambino Ford just collects all the money anyway. Well, now at least they know. It's fucking random. I mean, the fact that this guy's won three times is pretty crazy. That's what right? I, because I asked Pat when he won
2: the second time. I'm like, dude, he won like literally two cards ago. Like, this is ridiculous. And then Pat
1: didn't pay attention.
2: And then I actually, I don't think I actually sent him the email. Well, he sent it to me this week, like UFC winner. I saw the name again. I was, I actually wrote, I'm like, are you fucking trolling me? But I don't think I hit send because it was at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Pat's got a baby. He thought it was a bad dream. Yeah. It's just like, this didn't actually happen. Did it? Apparently, it did. All right. And then on top of that, uh, Mayo's up for, like, two different... uh, awards. I left. Was it only 2? I thought it was like 6. There's 2 of them. One of them is the sports gambling. There's only 4 of them. There's one that's like fantasy analysts, and there's like Lisa Ann and like Lisa I'm, Ann? I'm, so, I'm sorry, Pat Mayo. Yeah. I I my
1: vote's got to go to Lisa Ann. I love No, nah, I'd give it to Pat, but I'd give it to Lisa Ann too. You hear what I'm
2: saying? So yeah, the link will be in the description below. If you guys like the pro- product that we do, like listen. This stuff is all popularity contest, blah, 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 blah. It's, a lot of it's a lot of nonsense. But um, when you go to the bargaining table and you have awards from that previous year, it helps out me. It helps out Pat. It helps out Cody. It helps everybody out if we can, you know, have an extra bargaining chip there. So link is in the description. Vote as much as you possibly can. I don't know the rules of it. Yeah, be able and- to just kind of click. Ad nauseum, but I don't
1: know. Yeah, about. and in all seriousness, like me and Pat and I used to live together. We were roommates for a few years. And uh, that guy's the hardest working guy I've ever met. Like he's up before anybody. He goes to bed after everybody. He is actually deserving. He does provide us this platform. His show, in fact, does really well. So uh, he, he has actually pretty deserving of a vote. So if you got time, you know, it would help out. If you're only watching our show for the MMA side of things, you only know who Pat Mayo is, as a favor to us, it, it would be nice. Give him a vote.
2: We literally never ask anybody for That's anything. That's true. So. That is true. If you want to help us out, link is in the description. Vote Mayo. Uh, Vote him early. Vote him often. Can you
1: vote more than once? Polls like that suck. It's fixed. But let's fix it in his favor, hopefully. If that's what the case is. I hate polls like that.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the infrastructure of the website. But like. Don't shoot the messenger. If you just happen to click a whole bunch of times and like, who knows? maybe, Maybe it's one a day. Maybe it's a million a day. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is you should vote for Mayo to help us out. Uh, let's get into the action. Why Why don't we? There's, uh, I mean, what a feast. Mm. What a feast this card is. Like, unbelievable top to bottom. But we got a main event that, you know, this is the fight. This is the fight everyone has been waiting for, wanting, and finally we're going to get it. You know, weigh-ins and all that other stuff pending. We got Kamaru Usman taking on Colby Covington for the welterweight championship of the world. Usman minus 180 favorite Covington plus 160. Cody, I'm going to throw it to you and then I will interrupt you very rudely if, if you're ta- talking a whole bunch of nonsense. But... I'll, I'll let you take it away to start.
1: Yeah, could be. This one puts little Cody in the old rock and a hard place because I'm probably one of the few people on the planet that considers myself a Usman fan and a Covington fan. Like I like both these guys. And as far as my bank account is gone, both these guys have been phenomenal. I mean, they both have the same 15-1 record. Usman hasn't lost uh, in the UFC, whereas Covington has that one loss to Worley Alves, which cost me a little bit, but all the same it's like they've done a great in Covington's case on the DK side of thing like he's doubled down for me as well like he's just been an absolute monster i don't care about the personality i don't care about the antics i that truthfully i grew up as a wrestling fan till i was like 10 years old i get it i get it and then I go to college, right? And I go to college and I think like, oh man, I want to be like a caster, and I want to be on a desk and talking about sports news and do a podcast and do a show and like that's, that's the envisionment. But like as you start to get into it, you realize nobody gives a fuck about you. No, nobody does, right? It's how are you going to separate yourself from the other people? Like what makes this show different than any other show? I, I don't know. But we just do our own thing. That seems to jive. That seems to click. We've been doing it for five plus years now. It's like, yeah, it just eventually works. Is it different than other people's shows? I'd like to think yes. But I'm not an expert because I'm not exactly watching everybody else's shows as well. I just do my thing, and and if people like it, they like it. Pat Mayo. Pat Mayo made himself a character. He's a personality. He goes out there. He he has fun segments. Like, that's kind of what you got to do. Covington's case, nobody cares about him. And let's be honest here. This dude comes to the UFC, cookie-cutter. I mean, he's a white boy with a crew cut. He's from Oregon. He's a wrestler. Who the fuck wants anything to do with this guy? Nobody. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about that recent interview All where he fights talks. Went to decision. Yeah, and I'm not talking about that Candace Owens interview or whatever way he comes out and he's basically like, oh, I was going to get cut. That's a story he's actually told a number of times. Yeah. Go back to old interviews. He's like, nobody cared about me. And here's the problem with the UFC. And You even look at like big UFC stars. You see the amount of money that they make throughout these fights. It's like Nobody cares. I made 30,000. Nobody cares. I made 40,000. Nobody cares. I made 50,000. But eventually you break through. When you break through, you make a ton of money. Colby Covington may have been able to break through just on the merit of his skills. Maybe he would have. But he wouldn't have gotten those big spots. He wouldn't have been able to headline these pay per view cards. Uh, Ultimately, he would just be another wrestler from the Midwest who comes in here and wins fights. Like there's there's nothing appealing about him. So he takes this persona. And what persona is he supposed to have, right? What's there left for him? Make America great again, baby. Make America great again. And it's just a polarizing view. Like, let's say those are his actual political views, and that's okay if it is. It's like people just, it, it, it's a its a lightning rod, right? Mm-hmm. Bugs just go right to the zapper. People yeah. want to, to speculate. And all that leads to, money to be made Paul because people don't like him so they do not bet him even if they see value in the line they don't want to sit there and cheer for Colby Covington during the fight they want to see him get thrashed they'll bet accordingly and you're getting plus 160 on Colby Covington and what is pretty much a relatively close fight when you think about it stylistically I I, yeah I I would I would have to take Colby Covington so that that is that is my play love to hear you love to debate this let's talk about styles let's talk about how he's going to get it done but but I, I gotta I gotta play that value here
2: I'm glad that like my mentality coming into it. And that's why I asked you, I was like, maybe I'm taking crazy pills. Maybe I'm an idiot. I think it's like a pickle. And sure, you're giving yeah. me plus plus one sixty. It's a good value um, for so a pickle, buddy. It's like, uh, Usman has a lot more power in the hands and, and whatnot. Does like, he? Does he? I don't think anybody has the cardio that Kane or that, uh, Car- cardio Colby is what we're going to call him. He took your, he took your nickname, Kane. <laughs> um, Colby. nobody, nobody can keep a pace that Covington can. Um, I mean, the, the wrestling kind of gets negated, I think. I don't think either one of these guys. The one worry I do have if I do bet Covington is Kamara Usman is bigger than him. He's very, very strong, very domineering figure maybe what will that we do? see what a, will a whole that shitload of cage work holding him up against the how cage how do you hold
1: colby against a cage i know for 25 but that's minutes. what i'm saying like that's I where i think know, he man. could backing maybe, him up backing like, him up just, is tough
2: just create an absolute snooze fest and just be able to use that strength but that that cage work is going to be exhausting against somebody of this level too No, yeah, plus 160. I remember when this got, when I guess when Usman won his last fight or no, when, uh, Colby won. That was the great Colby won against, uh, Lawler last time out. They released on one of the books. It was like minus three, minus 300 plus 250. And I, I like quote tweeted it. Just like, that is way too wide. Now that line like basically didn't exist. Maybe somebody hit it when it first opened for like small limits or whatever, but. When I saw that, I was just like, oh, people. And like, there were people out there just like, there's value on Usman. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe Usman is going to absolutely search him, but. Plus 160, this is a pick as far as I'm concerned. If, yeah, And you're, you're giving me plus 160 value, I'm, I'm in.
1: Yeah, so Usman's last fight against Tyron Woodley, I crushed the Usman line. Sat on the show, told you why I thought dog-pick Usman was going to defeat the challenger. A lot of people had love for Woodley coming in. How's Usman going to take him down? How's Usman going to deal with the power? Woodley has no fucking pace whatsoever. He allows things to happen. Yep. He dictates almost no action. Backs up to the cage. Yeah, and he's had a lot of favorable matchups in his favor. Usman is a stylistical nightmare for this guy. He's going to eat him up. He did eat him up. He won all five rounds very comfortably. Now he comes in this fight with Colby. like That, that whole pacing issue, that's off the table. So let's say the wrestling's even. And, and if you want to get super technical about it, on paper... Colby Covington is a better wrestler than Kamaru he's D1 Usman. D1
2: versus D2, but who knows <laughs> yeah, if yeah. that actually stacks up in, like, real MMA.
1: You put them both in the Olympic Training Center after they came out of college, and I'd love to see that. But anyways, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Regardless of that, let's just say that the wrestling's negated. So now you have the striking. Usman is a good striker. He's a very competent striker, good striker. Colby Covington, he's not nearly as polished as, as, as Kamaru Usman. <clears throat> Sorry. He's just <clears throat>
2: active, so busy. But like, We saw active. him, like, Robbie looked completely befuddled. I know the re- having the wrestling as an aspect it's like that's going to make him it's all drop his hands of course but it's all of, uh... it.
1: It's all of it I mean I mean on, on paper I mean Rafael Dos Anjos is a far better striker than him I mean mm. on paper Robbie Lawler is a far better striker than him it just it doesn't matter once he p- starts putting the pressure on you and I think that here is the key difference is that because it's 25 minutes you've got Colby Covington generally he's the one going forward now that's going to play against Usman because I don't know how he's going to react to that trying to be you know a counter puncher but I think Colby Covington will have more volume over the course of 25, and just try to grind him down. And you talk about, like, oh, you know what? Usman's got power. Maybe Usman catches him. Where I'm saying is that's not a possibility. If you look at his track record. Both the fights on the Ultimate Fighter, he won by decision. The rest of his wins in the UFC, he choked out Hader Hassan. Leon Edwards, decision. Yakovlev, decision. Worley Alves, decision. Sean Strickland, decision. He caught Sergio Moraes. Mm-hmm. Emil Week. I mean, uh, the
2: Moraes fight is, yeah. the thing, is the fight that I'm w- looking at and going... Well, and he had power in that one. His, moment. his
1: his four fights after that: Meek, Maya, Dosanios, and Woodley. Again, all decisions. Yeah. So, so to think he's going to catch Colby, I don't see. It. Is he going to hit Colby? And Colbyton's going to cut, and Colbyton's going to bleed? Yeah, probably. I mean, Damian Maya cut Colby Covington up. Damian Maya won the first round up against Colby Covington. But I think it comes down to the pacing. And if you listen to anything that Covington says, like he divulges a little bit of his game plan, which I wish he wouldn't. But it's very much. He's telling you how to do the tape study. He's saying, watch Kamaru Usman, right? He strikes, 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 whatever he's doing, he acts in a burst, and then he takes that rest period. That rest period is what enables him to set up his next thing. Colby don't rest. But there's no breathing period against Colby Covington. So I'm not looking to talk politics. I'm not talking to look at race. No, I'm not just looking at the fight. And the fight is a close, competitive fight. We're looking at the fight fight. and
2: the number. I like both
1: both of these guys' styles. Both these guys have made me money. Both these guys are now clashing. And I see there's more merit here in Colby Covington. So people can hate him. And they can bet this price up. Fuck, I do not I do not care. Yeah, I wonder if I where, where it's going to move
2: there. to. I wonder if we're going to get... I think it's going to stay around this to be perfect. No, yeah, because ultimately
1: if people start losing parlays and as the card goes on, they'll mm-hmm. be like, shit, this is a good price, fuck it, I'm in, you know? But mm-hmm. as it sits week out, as it sat two, three weeks out when the line guy came out, everybody hates this guy. He's yeah. just a polarizing character. And that will play in our benefit here. I
2: couldn't agree more. All right, let's move on to the co-main event. Uh pfft. Arguably an even better matchup. We've got Max Holloway taking on Alexander Volk- Volkanovsky. Holloway is a minus 170 favor. Volkanovsky plus 150. Take it away.
1: Yeah, so if you, just, if you sat down with a piece of paper and you were like, I want to put together the three best fights that could possibly be put together in MMA currently right now at this moment. Khabib versus Ferguson yep. is the best fight you could possibly put together. The next two are on this motherfucking card.
2: Yeah, man. Colby versus Uzman
1: yeah. is sick. It's the best two welterweights in the world. I absolutely can't wait for it. And then you have legitimately the the greatest featherweight that's ever walked this planet taking on a guy that just looks like hes it's his time. He's ready to to dethrone Max. I mean, again, yeah, close fight, but I'm going second dog pick on Alex Volkanovsky. I could recognize last week that I like the favorites. The favorites are the favorites for a reason. The price makes sense. I get it. But Alex Volkanovsky, I mean, he's got some X factors that could play against Max. Max is... The better striker. He stays at distance. He's going to pace him up. He's got more output. As far as his takedown defense, Buddy has had That's almost like next no takedown le- next defense. Level. Yeah, it doesn't. He takes him down. Doesn't it? is huge. It's how you're going to beat Max. That's tough. But I feel like Alexander Volkanovsky could do a lot of the same things that Dustin Poirier did in that maybe it is hard to take down Max, but this guy's extremely strong. Yeah, we talk about he's fighting at 145 pounds, but he used to play professional rugby at like 225. Like, he's extremely strong. So I'm not going to rule out completely that he might be able to get some takedowns against Max. If he gets Max down, he could have some success in holding him down. But that aside, as far as the striking exchanges goes, Max more polished, but you got to push a pace on him. And that's one thing that we talked about the Covington fight Covington might not be the superior striker to Kamaru Usman but he could have the superior pace. Volkanovsky seems to have incredible pace. Now, everyone's talking about, hey, Max has got the best pace. So, as we go to rounds four and rounds five, if it's competitive through the first three, what's Volkanovsky going to do? Mm-hmm. But this is something that you and I have talked to right from the get go. You've always, always said this, always said this. The guy's had absolutely no problem cruising through 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, if he's still got tons what, of energy at what the end would of round three, you? I have to assume that in round four, yeah. he's going to come out looking pretty similar.
1: Colby's first fight at five, I think he was there. Yeah, We said the same
2: thing. five rounds before. This is obviously a big moment. He's He's, maybe built, they're, for, he's maybe, built for five, as far maybe there's as an I'm adrenaline concerned. Adrenaline dump but you watch this guy on the on the embeddeds and all that stuff like leading up and like he looks pretty at ease. He's got you know, he's training with Adesanya and those guys, like that their coach. What's his name again?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I know a, Eugene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eugene. Right. Coach Eugene. He, city kickboxing.
2: That guy's a, a secret kind of genius in this game as well. Like, think about how many guys they're produced right that now. That gym is city kickboxing. He's Hooker, Adesanya, yep.
1: Volkanovsky, to a far lesser extent, Kaikar France. Uh, I mean, the this is pressure
2: versus somebody being able to fight off the back foot. Max is ver- definitely fast enough and has good enough footwork to... To employ that game plan and win, as as Vol- crashes forward, be able to pick him off and kind of like a Wonder Boy type of style of fight where he's gonna hit him a couple times and then move off on angles. Max is fully capable of doing that, um, but it's that's not a guarantee. Um, I would be. I don't think I'm gonna bet this one. At least at this point in the week, I'll watch weigh-ins and maybe get a better idea as the week goes on. I guess if I was going to bet, I would take the plus money on Volkanovski, like you did, but um, this one is just so good, and I definitely see the path to victory for both guys. Yeah, so yeah. It may be a stay away on DraftKings, which we'll get to at the end. Look in the time description, uh, for or look in the description for time codes to that. <laughs> you need the winner of this fight. Yeah, I am like convinced, and like this is like a cash stack. So uh, you can make an argument that like the first fight or the main event you can kind of avoid if it stays a striking affair and there's you know, there's no grappling, that type of thing. And maybe Kamaru Usman keeps his distance. I could see the pass for that one. This one, it's like the winner is going to score Bokuda points. Like Alexander Volkanovski averages like 110 points per fight. He's $7500 if he becomes the new champion in the division. He is uh he's going to be a must have on your roster. And on the on the flip side, Max Holloway has went off for like 190 points against Brian Ortega before. Somebody who was like wasn't able to hang at his level of striking. Uh he's 8700. So yeah, you're going to need the winner. <laughs> Regardless, yeah, let's, yeah. let's move on to the women's bantamweight division. We have uh, Amanda Nunez taking on Jermaine Durandamy. Uh The champ champ is minus 280. Favorite Durandamy is plus 240. Cody, what do you think?
1: I almost feel like I'm not trying to overthink this one because I think I could easily end up overthinking this one. But I feel like this is not Amanda Nunez versus Jermaine Durandamy. I feel like this is Matt Brown versus Jermaine Durandamy in that he's going to come up with the game plan. And if he comes up with the game plan, I don't see how Amanda Nunez loses this fight. Everybody's talking about the fact that Jermaine Durandamy is a killer kickboxer, and she very much is. She's one of the elite strikers of the division. And I think Nunez, she could be a better striker. She could be an elite-level striker. But the only path everyone's talking about is, if this is purely a kickboxing match, could Jermaine Durandamy theoretically defeat Amanda Nunez? Yeah, sure. But Amanda Nunez is a BJJ black belt. Amanda Nunez is extremely strong. Amanda Nunez has very good top control. Well, why wouldn't her camp, which is the greatest camp in the world, bar none, why wouldn't her team, the greatest team in the world, bar none, why wouldn't her coaches, the greatest strategists the game has ever seen, tell her stand and bang with this girl for the course of five rounds? Like I, I don't, I don't see a world in where that's the plan. The plan is strike with this girl to catch her off guard and take her down. When you take her down, you should have your way. Now, Durandum, I mean, made a lot of improvements. We can't disrespect this girl and say that she's the same fighter she once was. She's made a lot of improvements. But she's also no spring chicken. She openly avoided Cyborg because she wanted none of that smoke, whereas Nunez walked through Cyborg like nothing. Uh, her and Holly Holm was a competitive fight that almost everybody thought Holly Holm won, despite the fact that JDR landed two really dirty late punches after the bell that completely changed the course of the fight, whereas Amanda Nunez completely buzzed right, th- saw right through Holly Holm it's a completely different world here. And then I'm looking at 280, and I'm just like, man, that's not even that bad of a price tag. Now, women's MMA has got a way of getting you and costing you money. And 280 is not a price tag you pretty much seek on anybody. And I'm the biggest Amanda Nunez hater. I think I've picked against her in the majority of her fights because I'm always talking about how she's going to gas. i have always talking about how to take this girl into late rounds and she's going to gas. And maybe this is the case here, but I, I don't know that Jermaine Duran lasts that long. If Emmanuel Nunez just takes her down and has her way with her. And if the fight does stay standing, what do you think? She's a fish out of water. She's no. fucking extremely competent. So this is not as simple as just like kickboxing match. This is this is an MMA contest, and one girl has every MMA skill in the book. Her wrestling's not great, but she's really strong. She she could get you to the ground. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the other the other girl has one set of skills. That's yep. it. Just one one single set so I, I how could you back it? I could see a pass. I could see you getting scared on two eighty and say, I don't want none. I could see when we get to the DK side, I could say, man, I'm just gonna take a clear pass from this one. Go for some other options if you want to pursue it. But again, I, I I don't know how Amanda Nunes blows this one. And so for that reason she she has to be the pick. Smart camp too. I think she'll be yeah, shooting I'm, for that. I'm tank. having faith in the camp. Not as much her. In she'll, the camp. She'll be shooting I'm a, for a team. a Nunez of... hater. I'm I an mean, ATT lover.
2: She'll be, yeah, Mike, Mike Brown. Uh, I don't know who her direct trainer is, but
1: either way. Listen, Colby's in the main event. They've got the staff working. Yeah, they're split up. It, yeah. Or Mike Brown might not even be her head coach for this fight. It might be Dean Toms. It might be one of the other guys.
2: Sure.
1: I I got faith in They're gonna in have a good system. game plan. They're gonna be looking the for that take. They're
2: gonna look for that takedown early and she gets her to the ground, like Amanda Nunez will find a submission pretty fast um yeah it's hard to not back Nunez I don't think we really have to say much more than that to yeah. be perfectly honest we got Marlon Moraes taking on Jose Aldo at 135 pounds Aldo looking like the machinist out there oh boy it is hard to feel confident he is a plus 180 underdog Morais is uh, minus 220 I mean, you see the pictures of Aldo out there. This is a guy who used to gas usually later in his fights at 145 pounds. Now we're stripping another 10 pounds off of a frame that never really looked like. He, he struggled to make 45. He never really looked like he had another 10 pounds to lose, except for when we see these pictures of him looking absolutely awful. I mean, it's hard. I'm, I'm sorry. It's hard to back him. Um, this line has been, I think it was like minus 155 last week. Um, everyone, once these pictures started emerging of Aldo, people have been steaming it. Um, it's hard to back Aldo. It's, um, it's Mirai surpassed as far as I'm considered. Just based on the fact that like, I think this is a horrible idea for Aldo to move down to 135. I don't know if I'm crazy. What's your take here? No,
1: I mean, if you want to draw comparisons, uh, his good buddy, Hedden Barrow just got the old cut and it's like, their careers have very much mirrored each other. Aldo was a better fighter. He always was a better fighter, and he is in conversations for one of the great featherweight kings, one of the great pound-for-pound fighters for his era. But again, I was never super impressed with him with the level of competition he was beating. It's just those are the best guys that were available at the time. But when they fell off, it's like they fell off rather quick. Both guys have tried to search for success in a different weight class. Both guys have tried to switch things up, but ultimately just neither guy looks themselves. Now, what you have in Barrow's case is literally, literally, Paul, Every time this guy fought for his like one in six stretch run, people were discussing the possibility of maybe he recaptured some of the magic. Because at one time, he was a highly touted fan favorite. And as you fall down into nothingness, you'll still remain that once highly touted fan favorite. You'll still take money. That's what I'm seeing with Jose Aldo is that the money that was initially on him, people have wised up here now and been like, what's going on? But the money that was initially on here, like they're giving this guy a legitimate chance against a top five contender in the division. The guy that's smoked out, you know, some of the best guys around that he could possibly fight. Whereas Aldo's look bad at 45. He's going to somehow drop down to 35 and it's the difference maker. When we think about Aldo, right? In his prime, right? What was he known for? Mad takedown defense, great fucking leg kicks, and just, you know, good power and and pace. The pace is gone. The last Mm -hmm. fight against Alexander Volkanovsky sealed that. By the way, what was that fight? 160 Volkanovsky? Like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even that big of a price tag. Like, people were giving Aldo his respect. Did not pull the trigger. The leg kicks, those have been gone for years. The takedown defense, you used to have to try to take him down, but now you don't. You could just quite simply outstrike him. Like he's lost all of the things that made him Jose Aldo and coming back or now jumping down to 135 after a career of struggling to make 45, after a career of gassing out later in rounds and I mean a career mm-hmm. he's always done this why do you think Mark fucking Hominick took the fifth round off him his, face was falling he, his off. head had a head coming out of yep. it and he still beat this guy in the fifth round 10-8 yep. fourth round well, apparently still he had the, the flu fifth flu round that day
2: that was the excuse oh whatever
1: you yeah. know those Brazilians love excuses but <laughs> but all the same, I mean, I, I just, you can't get behind this guy because he's got that, like, past glory that that maybe he recaptures the magic a little bit. Now, you could be talked into it when he gets to Barrow's level, and Barrow was fighting nobody's by the end. Andre Ull. Maybe you could make an argument that is going to beat Andre Ull. turns out he won't. Mm-hmm. But this is not the Andre Ull of the division. This is not a lower-ranked challenger of the division. This like, is a
2: guy who had a title fight against Henry Cejudo. He got gassed himself, but you don't... You got to think Marlon Moraes left after that uh, such a disappointing letdown spot against Cejudo, and that guy was back in the gym with Frankie Edgar and all of his boys out in uh, New Jersey just, like, grinding since then. Yeah, on on top of that. That was his moment to shine, and, and he was looking good. Until he kind of slowed down.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of that, it's just like when you look at guys that have just exceptional cardio, right? Okay, it's all the pacing of the fight, right? Marlon Moraes, when he's having a striking battle with you, sizing you up because of throwing exchanges, his cardio, no problem. It's that Henry Cejudo is a special human being. In the first round of Marlon Moraes versus Henry Cejudo, Marlon Moraes danced on his ass. The problem is that Henry don't go nowhere. And when Henry wasn't going anywhere, he kept coming forward. He pushed the pace. He tired this man. He broke this man. The difference between Jose Aldo and Henry Cejudo is if you style this guy in the first round, a better version of him will not emerge for the second and third round. A lesser version of him will emerge for the second and third round. Your confidence is up after that first round. There's nothing that's going to balloon effect, destroy that, and kill your momentum or kill your uh, your adrenaline. You're not going to suffer that adrenaline dump because this guy's coming back on. He's taking your best punches. It's like, I don't know what he has to offer. Now, I always talk about, you know, listen to the interviews, listen to the interviews. You got to kind of hear what the guy's mindset at. And with Jose Aldo, again, lost fighter, doesn't know what he's trying to do right now. But it's like, Jose, what's the what's the mindset of making 135? It's like, oh, I always thought I could make it. It's like, he's not looking at a title run. He's not looking to establish himself as the best guy at 135 pounds. In fact, I would like to see Jose Aldo versus Hedden Barao and see how competitive that is as a sparring match in the gym. But for him to say, geez... Old Brow ain't what he used to be. He's completely broken down and just got caught. I'm going to go in that division and make it happen. It's like, no, it's a tough division. It's a tougher division than the division you're coming from. Bannon Wade is the best division in the sport, my personal opinion. What do you think Peter Yawn does to this guy? He fucks him up. No doubt about it. He's lucky he got Marlon Moraes here. He should be fighting Uriah Favor, But anyways.
2: That yeah, You're right. They should actually switch... Because, yeah, Marlon like, isn't Marais, this, isn't Jose this the Aldo, it should be Marais seen. versus Jan and Faber versus Aldo.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and, and, and
2: That and, would be a lot more competitive on both fronts.
1: And this and this is the sad reality of, of the world that little Cody lives in in his mind, is that you put that Aldo versus Faber fight, and it's sick. And realistically, it's your lead into the pay-per-view to get yeah. people to buy Because guys like my dad would watch it, yeah. and it ain't going to be that good of a fight, putting Aldo versus Faber. We've seen it. It wasn't that good. Now they're older. Whatever. Uh, but but at least we would get to see Jan versus Marlon Moraes would be a more competitive fight. Anyways, just to cap it off really quick, Marlon's in seemingly still in the prime of his career, has got good big money fights left, is going to fight the best guys in the division. Has all He's a better striker than Jose Aldo, more output, a little bit faster, understands the division, understands his cardio. I get the the Henry fight. You can't factor that in here. Whereas Aldo has got every question mark in the world surrounding him, and none of them are good. The only positive you could draw is like, dude, maybe he'll just be huge for the weight class. It's like, then he's going to be slower than he usually is. And when he's slower, he's going to get styled on. Mm -hmm. So anyways, Marlon Marius when it opened, loved it. I personally didn't hit it there. I got it at 200. I see it's 220 now. It's only going to keep going up. The fight could get canceled when it's time to make weight. Aldo looks really bad and he's at 141 right now. Okay. So... He's, He's got to make gotta 136. He's got to lose five pounds because they'll give him that the allowance. That guy's not carrying very like... much
2: water on that frame right now either. No, that much.
1: Remember how they used to call him Scarface. His name's Junior, but they used to call him Scarface because he got the scar on the face, right? You, you couldn't really tell. You see those pictures now? His face looks mangled. It's like he's sucked out all the fluids from his face. Now you see all the lines. You see all the the marks. You see all the cuts. And it's like, holy shit, dude. Like, why would your wife even allow you to do this? Anyways, let's move on to Peter Jan, your high favor. (laughs) Yeah. Does that make any sense?
2: No. But uh, Jan is minus 515. Favorite. Faber plus 410. Second time in a row, Faber comes in as the biggest underdog on the card. Made it happen I'm almost. sorry that was lightning in a bottle that last time out. I conv- I faded him and yeah, no, I paid the price do. and I learned to never I, I made it all back by fading uh Simon. It was a close fight but it was fading a good fight Simon this past against uh, yeah, good fight against Rob Font this past weekend. So Simon and DK was a good play. So we're we're back in biz but um I'm sorry yeah Peter Yon the pressure the pace He's going to chew Uriah favor Ray up. It's going to be kind of sad. That's what I think here. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I understand the UFC side of it. It's like if we're going to bring you back, and, and they tried to shut it down. They tried to say, hey, stay retired. We gave you the picket fight. It was a cool little sign-off. You went into the California sunshine, the sunset. It's over for you. That was cool. When he came back, they were like, yo, let's feed him Ricky Simon. Whereas that played out to his advantage that like him and Ricky Simon match up extremely well. Ricky Simon is just younger Uriah Faber. And Ricky Simon may potentially have chin issues and he may potentially have eh, a submission defense issue. Faber has done this before. He did it to Michael McDonald. Catches you with a shot as you're trying to recover from just being caught from that shot you didn't see coming. Catches you in the choke. That's his little move. That's his little path to victory. If he is going to beat Peter Jan, that's what it is. But, like, who in their right mind bets a fight on the basis of he could land a lucky punch and then land a follow-up lucky submission? Like, that's lightning striking in a bottle, right? And it just happened for him. Mm-hmm. So, like, what would be the odds that this is going to happen again? I can't see it happening. Peter yan 's is my personal one of my favorite guys in the division. I think this guy's absolutely phenomenal. If you look at his regional show career in Russia before getting signed to the UFC, he's got like fight of the year candidates. This guy, he's durable. He's got five round uh, championship level cardio. He's got it all. His striking, unbelievable. His ability to scramble when you try to wrestle on him, very good. He's young, he's hungry, he trains at a high level, trains all the time. And it's like you gotta give the guy a little bit of kudos here, right? Colby Covington had to pick up this persona. Colby Covington had to go the extra mile in order to get the fights that he wanted to get, right? Peter Jan's called out everybody and his mama. Nobody wants to fight this guy, called dude. Out? Dude, he tries to fight. He tries to fight every single human being at 135 pounds in the said guy doesn't division. Speak
2: English, like that's not somebody's, somebody's He's working. Not his running that social media. Somebody's account, <laughs> working again. <as account. laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy doesn't speak it's probably the same guy that runs uh Gilbert Burns.
1: No, I think that's Burns. Are they managed
2: by the same people? Are they all Ali? I'm not sure who.
1: I, I think I think that's Burns. Whereas where I say the thing with Peter Jan, maybe it may actually
2: be Burns. But no, Peter Jan doesn't speak English. Okay. So like all of these call outs and stuff, that's his manager doing
1: it. Fair. But. I'll I'll say Burns does it. We'll say Peter Jan does it. But the conversation must be, Peter, you want you down to fight any of these guys? Duh. You fight this guy? This is like, okay, then I'll call them out and I'll try to get a fight for you. But because he doesn't speak English and because he doesn't have some boisterous personality, he like, it's, it's very nice of the UFC to say, boys, we're a promotion. That it entails promoting. We need to promote this guy. How do we promote him, Dana? He doesn't speak English. Um, eat
2: Uriah Faber. Yeah,
1: yeah. You bring in Uriah Faber who, eh, we tried to give Simon the rub and Simon's just not really all that good as we thought. This kid is good. This kid's going to get the rub. This fight makes no sense. Literally zero sense. If Faber wins... He's in motherfucking title contention, which makes no sense to anybody. It yeah. does. Why would you give him a title contention level fight? Like the guy just
2: retired. When he's when he's just he
1: literally just retired. He's just here for a good time. You know, he's not here for a long time, but he's here for a good time. Paul, yeah. don't give him contention fights. No. Whereas Peter Yan is just chomping at the motherfucking bit, ready to go, saying, "Let me at him." Uh, okay, then we will. We'll give you this fight, and then hopefully people will remember you as the guy that beat your eye Faber, and you move on again. And Faber has always struggled against elite level strikers. They chop up his legs, they keep him on the outside. He just—he's not going to be able to take that distance punishment. He struggled so mightily in his fights with Aldo and Henan and Jimmy Rivera. Remember how shot to bits he looked against Jimmy Rivera? Mm-hmm. And you think he's going to defeat Peter Jan? on what basis? Is takedowns? Right, Faber not that good of a wrestler. Sorry to tell you, I mean, he fought in a different time where nobody could wrestle. It's it's it'd be tough. Now I've never I haven't nothing. not seen
2: a soul out there betting Faber for the record,
1: though. Yeah, which is a trap. That's a big trap because I I never <laughs> like call. This
2: line keeps moving. It I keeps never call.
1: Bigger. I never call nothing free money because free money doesn't exist. But it is, dude, it's only five fifteen. It's been moving. You should have got on a little. when It was four eighty five. But like, that's it. Yeah. Part of me wonders, Greasy Theory. Part of me wonders.
2: No, as long as that line moves, I don't get as panicked. It's when everyone hammers aside and it stays still that's when you start to panic.
1: No, everybody, everybody knows what's up. The only people that are betting favorage is dog chasing and guys that see, hey, he pulled off a huge upset in his last fight, so stylistic or oh, this guy used to be a WEC champion. Oh yeah, <laughs> and how have those guys done lately? <laughs> okay,
2: uh, this next one is a banger we got jeff Neal taking on platinum mike perry minus 245 neil plus 205 perry all i can really guarantee in this is violence uh, hell of a fight really looking forward to it who doesn't like mike perry the guy just shows up and he's a fight we were talking about it last week with like certain guys you know you got you got Martial artists and you have fighters. Mike Perry is a goddamn fighter. Problem is he doesn't really move his head all that much in exchanges and Jeff Neal hits like a shit brick house and he's got just such a just a clean left right down the pipe like Mike Perry's gonna eat a bunch of those. Mike Perry has a chance. We saw I'm sure Neil has probably improved leaps and bounds since like losing in round three against Kevin Holland way back in the day. And Kevin Holland's a hundred and eighty-five pounder. This is a a
1: big eighty five pounder, too. For sure. And I,
2: I I think we've seen nothing but improvement from Neil. But like if Neil lays the beating on him very early on and we start to see him slow down, just like why hasn't this guy died already? I could see a path to victory for Perry late to get like a late knockout, something like that. But pick is going to be Neil for the purposes of the show. Um, maybe you talk me out of it or not. Uh, either way, like Jeff Neil, I just think he's the cleaner, more well rounded mixed martial artist.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you pretty much nailed it pretty good there. Jeff Neil is a lot cleaner. He's a lot more effective. He's just got the better striker, the, the better technique. One guy, you know, you can make the argument, they're both fighters. You can make the argument, Perry. He's not a martial artist. He's a fighter. And Neil, Neil's the martial artist. He's a lot more crisp with his techniques. He actually has a bit of a submission game and he's worked a lot on his cardio since those early problems a long time ago. Chains at 47, like there's no doubt that this guy's going to be be ready. But it's like, this guy's a dog as well. Like He's willing to sling bombs. And boy, oh boy, Paul Shaughnessy can this man sling bombs. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing with Mike Perry. Mike Perry, not the smartest guy in the world. Uh, I think when he signs to the UFC... He's got this grand belief. Again, not the smartest guy in the world. He's got this grand belief that, like... I could defeat any man on this planet. I do believe that. He comes into the UFC. They do him no favors, give him Hung Yu Lim right off the hop. Hung Yu Lim is a big favorite in that fight, if you remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give a fuck. He comes in and he yells in his face at the weigh ins and he goes out there and he plows this guy over. And now he's pumped up and everybody loves following him on social media. He says whatever he wants. He becomes some great personality. He gets rolling. He gets rolling. Somewhere along the line, those defeats change him a little bit. Okay. He loses a fight. He decides, you know, I'm going to leave. Winter Springs, Florida. And I'm going to go to Greg Jackson's. Goes to Greg Jackson's. mixed results. Doesn't really get what he's looking for. Misses his, you know, as Colby Covington would say. Oh, wow. These guys are going to be the same ratchet, room. Ratchet face. I girlfriend. totally fucking didn't realize he's got in the same card. Yeah, that could be oh, my. Oh.
2: I mean, Colby just needs security wherever he goes these days. He's going to get
1: boomeranged in the fucking face again. You just know it. I mean, Anyways. Mike
2: Perry is not the guy you want to fuck with at the weigh-ins. Like, Mike Perry will hit you. Like, he's... I think he will very much... if eh, things could get dicey. They better have security around.
1: Yeah, 100%. They Because he's back with the UFC, her and, like, they're
2: engaged or some shit. They're though. engaged. Yeah. So
1: so the craziest thing is that, like, everybody is like, yo, man, this girl's no good for his career. She's, she coached him in a fight and literally sat there and yelled, break it, break it, like kill him kill him it's like this none of this is advice that you could use that's when colby covington comes out and trashes her then him and her they break up they broke up a soon time after that yeah. tweet by the way like he woke up and was like holy shit she does look like a horse what the fuck have i been doing anyways they break up he goes to new mexico shit doesn't work out in new mexico he misses her he moves back to florida and now he's been doing that excel whatever excel training center in, in just outside of orlando he's there uh jacques rey is yeah. there and Nick- Alex Nicholson's Alex there. Alex Nicholson, of course. It has not helped either guy. Alex Nicholson's dad, I think, is the head coach. Anyways. So, back to the confidence thing, is that this guy goes from, like, that young, brash, say-what-you-want 26-year-old who's smashing guys to, like, somewhere along the line, you know, the Alan Joban fight, the Max Griffin fight, that's the Santiago Ponzanibio fight, the Donald Cerrone fight, like, somewhere along the line, it starts to break him a little bit. Now, this takes us to the Vicente Luque fight. Perhaps one of his best fights as of yet. I think that's something that you look back and say, geez, but when that fight ends, Paul, okay, a lot of people thought he won. A lot of mm. people thought he won. He didn't truly believe he won. And his nose was so unbelievably shattered that it would need reconstructive surgery to get like the, your uh, canal, nose canal, yeah, like sure. fixed. I don't know how he's gonna deal with that. Now he's back on the shelf. And then again, goes back to the interviews. When they talked to him about that fight, I thought I was gonna die. I thought this is it. I thought, holy fuck. Now coming into this fight, interview just came out today, I think. I'm on the chopping block, he says.
2: Ah, He's not on the chopping
1: block. No, no. But the fact that he's thinking like that is is a very bad sign. If he loses
2: this fight, they're going to give him some... uh, They'll give him a... Who who would they give him
1: if he loses this fight?
2: Larryiano Sterapoli. That would be anybody. like that, uh, I guess that would be a technical guy that could beat him, like Mac Griffin did. You
1: give him Mickey Gall. Like it yeah, does, exactly. It, it truthfully does not matter. You give him fight somebody for him, him to smash
2: after this. Get that confidence <laughs> back
1: up. That's what that's what they should have done right from the yeah, get go. They're not gonna cut. no no no. But they're but they're paying him decent money, right? He's already fought mm-hmm. contenders and beaten them, like Alex Oliveira. Pa- he beat Paul Felder. He beat Alex Oliveira. This guy's got skill. But in any of his fights, it all came down to he's got a great chin, he's got power, and he's confident in his abilities. He moves forward, he believes in himself. He can make it a dirty fight and catch you. But he's not the most technical guy in the world. You can't believe for any moment he's the most technical guy in the world. So with Neil, Neil is more technical. Neil packs the exact same amount of power. Neil has a great chin. The only way Perry wins this fight, if Perry takes it into dead dog waters. Mm -hmm. And Perry, at his best, feeling good, could do that. I'm not so sure Perry is at his best feeling that. Fair. Anyways, line line's not great. Line's not great. Even though no. I got Jeff Neal, two forty five is not a great price tag. So I got Neal. I got Neal. The degenerate in me will have money on Neal. But but your best your best path here is, could could just Probably be a pass. It's gonna be fun. It could be fight of yeah, the night. Yeah, just enjoy it. Everybody wins in this one. Why not? Maybe if this is your thing, steer clear.
2: You got Ketlin Vieira taking on Adarine Aldana minus 165 Vieira plus 145 Aldana. Have any interest in either side of this fight here?
1: You know me. I love to talk, but I got hardly anything to say here. I mean, it's just a style clash. Ketlin Vieira's got the better ground game, and Irene Aldana is a better striker. Now, Irene Aldana... Can she
2: keep the distance? Can she stuff the takedowns? If she can, then she is faster and going to be able to circle on the outside. That's what we see with her every single fight. Yeah, yeah.
1: But even in those fights, sometimes she is getting outstruck. Like, it's not as if it's so clear-cut that it's like one's got a huge grappling advantage, one's got a huge striking advantage. It's like one's got a significant grappling advantage, and could hang in spots on the feet with Aldana. She pressures her She pressures her up against the cage, makes this a dirty fight, slows it down, grinds her to the cage, grinds her to the ground. Could be a close fight. Now, my brain's telling me it's going to the decision. And close fighting the decision is not 165 Ketlin Vieira bet. But flip side to that, I wouldn't tell you dog or pass. Like, I, I, think, I think this is just pass-pass, not feeling it, tried to tape study it, could make a million arguments for either direction, not mm-hmm. feeling good. Price is not particularly great in any one point. When we get down to DraftKings, it's like Vieira could get a submission to score big for you, but it's like, eh. It could also be a very slow, trepid base.
2: I, I can see Vieira being a yeah a low-owned GPV play on DraftKings when we talk about but that. 8800 for
1: 165. She, like, gets who a, does that? she gets an early, early that?
2: takedown. Nobody's, yeah, when you look at the, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll she. talk it's about like that. The other yeah, people yeah, all around her range is like, most people are all going to go to the Usman's or the or the Holloways. That's like, why you could get she low. She will be low owned yeah, if she right. gets a first round submission. Of course, she can end up on an optimal lineup. But yeah, it's a fight I'm basically steering clear of. We got uh, Ian Heinisch taking on Omar yakmeta minus minus one fifty, plus one thirty. Heinisch obviously being the favorite here. I'm interested to see. Is this similar to like the Cummings. Fight last time out for Akhmedov. like Akmedov's really big at one eighty five. I'm interested to see how much bigger he is than Heinisch because I don't think Heinisch really is all that big for one hundred eighty five pounds. Size definitely matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, size matters.
1: Mar- um. Mar- Mario Akmedov could take him down based he, on size. Yeah, yeah. He could. T- he got his way striking. Th- this
2: Heinisch has good wrestling too. He's got great cardio. <clears throat> Heinisch may be able to take over late. I think that's kind of what I. Th- think could happen here but umari just has an ability to stall fights and make them ugly and keep them real real close like i can see i can see both sides i can see the arguments for both sides here i don't have a very very solid take on you know we record this on a wednesday during fight week do you no
1: I'll give you a greasy theory. Okay. I'll give you a greasy theory because a I haven't given you in a while. And B, it's the card that is worthy of a greasy theory. Especially because the contest giveaway this week, a completely unrelated greasy theory. But all the same, th- people have been saying that Usman's on EPO. i been saying, hey. Oh, Col- Colby said that. Yeah. And people who would love to buy into that shit have been backing that up. I, I think it's an outrageous claim, although extremely fucking possible. Because this, and if you told me every guy in this DeWake class is on EPO, I, 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 would, I would, would believe e- you.
2: I would believe you. I would be right. like, Colby I bo- fights
1: like a man who's on EPO. I do believe I don't, you. They're all on EPO.
2: Or you know, your classic gas yeah, cans right. that actually can't get through yeah, the round. Yeah. But.
1: So Colby's pushing that narrative. Cody's pushing Amari Ahmedov is on EPO narrative because. How at 32 do you just change it all up, man? How do you move up a weight class? And yeah, I know how you know less of a weight cut and this and that. But it's like he's a reinvented man. Keep in mind he got caught in the third round against Sergio Moraes. He's up two. He's cruising. Knocked out. Third round. Sergio Moraes, completely gassed out. Zaleski to Santos, third round. American Madoff, completely gassed out. After that, it's like he did something. Something changed. He if you know if really you
2: know, big against coming, if
1: you know Cummins, if you know what his management company, if you know what his That's management company is all about, we can buy right past that part of the argument. But, yeah, geez, it's like the Kyle Nunk fight and Razak al- Hassan, right? It's like, yeah, he doesn't got great cardio, but he's supposed to lose his fight tenfold. It's like, man, he's 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 able to carry himself. The Vittori fight he gassed in the third round. He did gas in the third round. But again, he, not like the way he used to, and then the Tim Boach fight and the Zach Cummins fight, they both go the distance, he gasses in neither of said fights, he's dealing with a much larger man in both scenarios, and it's like, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to phase him, so right as soon as the fight got announced, right off the hop, I'm like, yeah, Ian Heinrich for sure, because it's an easy narrative, Ian Heinrich got great cardio, typically, he wins his fights later as the fight goes, Akhmedov starts well, loses the fight, the later the fight goes. Hey, that just writes itself, right? It's very easy. Here's where it's not so obvious is that Ian Heinrich is a slow starter. He gives up early rounds. Mm-hmm. And Akhmedov wins early rounds. So if you're sitting in front of your TV screen and Ahmedov is gassed, right? And it's the third round and Heinrich is down two, you're going to be fucking sorry you bet that, man. You don't want to be chasing a third round finish when you're down two. Heinrich is the kind of guy that could give up to. Akhmadov is the kind of guy that could go up to. So... I, I, I would say if you're a ballsier man than me, take the dog play. But I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to flat pass. Heinrich has gotten a little bit of a cult following because he's made us some money in the past. People like him. People are backing him. Mm-hmm. People see the spot. They're not analyzing it overly. I think this could be a dirty trap line. This could be your apple pie shit right there. Ooh,
2: bold, bold take. All right, we got uh, Matt Brown returning. I thought he fully retired, to be perfectly honest. I thought Matt Brown was done. I'm not sure if he, on social media, said that he was retired. He did say
1: he was done. Okay, Did he when, say when he you... was done? I'm
2: just making sure, because like I thought he was completely done, and then all of a sudden this fight kind of came out Well, of
1: it's called old read between the lines, Paul. When somebody says that they have brain damage, mm. and they the, the CT scan wasn't good, and I can't remember where I put my keys five minutes ago on a day-to-day basis, it's like, okay, it's all over. But, I, I don't know, I guess the brain is a crazy thing, because Mark Hunt did the same shit. Mark Hunt talked about the fact that he couldn't remember and that the doctors were telling him he had this early-onset dementia from the punches in the head, and the UFC yanked him from that main card. G- right, S- Chase
2: Sherman just had an article about that recently, too. About him he would, like, himself, forget where he'd like left his keys around the house.
1: And stuff if you like got that. a concussion, and let me know, tell you, I know people that live day to day lives was, was with like a concussion.
2: Just recently, and it was basically because he was worried about CTE.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you've got a fresh concussion, right? There's no doubt you're forgetting stuff, little things here and there. But eventually, it heals itself. You're good. It's when you have nine, ten concussions. It's like the brain never fully repairs itself. In Mark Hunt's case, he's got a ton of combat sports experience. I mean, that the guy was boxed professionally. He was a high-level K1 kickboxer who fought the absolute creme de la creme in the golden era of kickboxing before even taking MMA seriously, where he got up all the way to title contention level and fought the best guys. There's no doubt that he has that, right? Chase Sherman, I don't know, but the brain is a crazy thing. Some people can take punches, some people can't. Matt Brown can take punches. He's always shown off to be a good chin, but he's taken a lot of punches and he's taken a lifetime of punches. And even you look at his professional record, uh, what is it, 2016? Uh, 21 and 16. It's like the guy's been around a long time. He might not be getting knocked out, but if you look at the way he fights, he's a motherfucking banshee. And if you see the way he trains hard sparring day, he's a motherfucking banshee. And he, he's one of those guys that I don't know just gets better. I, I, I don't know. But mm. he's one of those guys that talked about it. He's one of those guys that gave it time.
2: And he's got a matchup here with Ben Saunders, who he should be able to knock him
1: out. Yeah, again, and I said this already, so I hate this fight is is not going to decision.
2: That is the one. That is, I know that I think that line's over minus five hundred now. But like this fight, I would be very surprised if it goes. All three rounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I
2: mean, we were four seconds away from Rosenstrike versus Overeem going five rounds. So, oh, anything. It's MMA. It's crazy. It's obviously. It's very much. It's possible. But well, especially I'd be surprised. I just Saunders just can't take the damage. And if it's Matt Brown that we even saw a couple of years ago, like this guy has hellacious elbows, and he's always looking for the finish. Both of these guys have plenty of losses on their record. Um, they've both taken tons of damage. Uh it's a steep price to pay for uh Matt Brown minus three thirty-five, but <sighs> you a, know, you the know parlay what? piece I think is that fight ends inside the distance. You, so know you can what? add that to parlays. Um I think that's the safer play than taking a side in this spot.
1: I, I, I would say I'm gonna I got Matt Brown, I got Matt Brown knockout. I think Matt Brown knocks him out within two. I'm in on Matt Brown. I think three thirty five is an extremely great price tag. Could be, could be, Play Louis. Okay. Now, when I say all that stuff about the concussion thing, just just keep in mind, and then we can move on to the next fight. That was all right before the Sanchez fight, where he blasted him with the elbow. He took no damage. Then he tore his ACL. That's why he's been out for a year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a year layoff. Eh, you got that many fights, and you're his age. Your layoff ain't the worst thing. His head's taken very little damage outside of the sparring rounds. He's been out there. Yeah, if he if he's if he's Two-thirds of the guy that fought Diego Sanchez, he takes out Ben Saunders in one round. Yeah. like It's amazing that Ben Saunders is even still on the roster. This is a very fun fight. Very yeah. exciting fight. Very very intriguing little fight. But it's like Ben Saunders can only win the fight by, by submission on the ground. Damian Maya took a fucking long-ass time to deal with Matt Brown. Matt Brown knows how to grapple. He's a black belt, very competent. Second and bigger thing is like, how does Ben Saunders, is he going to just go take him down like you nothing? Have to like he a on him? Like,
2: you have to get a knockdown jump on him. He's got. Like, a, I, yeah, don't I don't know, think he's like, got the wrestling If he, wrestling pulls, if he really... pulls
1: guard, he's fucked. But he could. He could. Get, Matt Brown's not a great wrestler. He could take him down. Maybe, maybe. You know. But it's like there's a big difference between looking at a page and saying, "Oh, Johnny Hendricks took him down nine times," and saying Ben Saunders is going to take him down. Yeah. Big difference. Sure. So love ATT. I'm sure they'll give Ben Saunders the best game plan in the world, but he won't be able to execute to the level of Colby and Emmanuel Nunez. So that's one I've got to just stay away from.
2: Chase Hooper takes on Daniel Tamor. Bad Tamor. Uh, Hooper minus 120 Tamor plus 100 any thoughts here
1: so crazy this card is unbelievably good everybody loves this card everybody's all on board this card and like the most debated fight that I seem to see yes. is Tamor versus Hooper <laughs> like like I just I, first of all I want to be like who gives a fucking shit yeah, you, there's no side you, you can take that's a great fucks. side you six no fucks for side. taking
2: all of that time out of your week to think about this one when there's all when there's a smorgasbord of top end MMA talent yeah all over.
1: yeah you're Wife's like, oh, you're tape studying again, honey. It's not like bitch, come on, it's Matt Brown. I'm late in the card. It's Matt Brown. Give me some time. It's not like, oh, it's Marlon Morris, it's Jose Aldo. It's just like, I'm watching Austin Hooper. Like, I'd leave your bitch ass. It's it. Chase Hooper. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Austin, Austin Hooper's a tight Hooper end.
2: A tight end. <laughs> <laughs> he's the for most,
1: the uh most He's the most famous Hooper. Is he having a bad year? Because this kid's not yeah, having he was much injured. of a better
2: year. He was injured.
1: Who Hooper could someday be like uh your your boy, Bryce Mitchell. Someday. But he's really young and really green. And like, he's he's a very opportunistic uh, grappler. He's got some good grappling. You can see the motions there. It's just like, why would this kid be fighting in the UFC at this point? so green. When he fought on the Contender Series, it was like, holy shit. This kid seems like he just cut out a math class to travel down to Las Vegas to fight. Like, he's young. He is green. He should lose this fight. He gets his ass kicked early. But he perseveres. This kid's a fighter. This kid's got something. But even Dana's like, I can't sign you to the UFC. It would be a bad idea. What I can do is give you one of those uh, Greg Hardy type deals. where It's like, I'm going to sign you to something saying, we'll give you a little bit of money to fight on these regional show promotions, build you up, bring you to the UFC. From what I've seen, he's still five or six more fights on the regional show before coming over to the UFC and doing, doing anything significant. Now, Daniel Tamor, they gave him one hell of a good matchup considering Daniel Tamer, his pitfall is everything that Hooper does well. But at the same time, like this guy knows how to strike. He's a former Swedish Muay Thai champion. He's obviously his the far less of the talented of the two brothers. But they're both good strikers. They're mm-hmm. both guys that he doesn't pace himself like Daniel or he uh, with David, which I'd like to see a little bit more of. But like he's got nasty low kicks. He's got a big winging hook. And if we've seen anything, he he feels like he relies solely on his power. But he's figuring out a little bit. Like his power is not that great. He's got to go a little bit longer. He's got to go a little bit deeper into these fights. His last fight shit show tires out massively. But he showed us I can push through and land my strikes. As far as this fight goes, I see almost no scenario where this is live bet in the half. Hooper will not win the first round against Taymor. Mm -hmm. He's not physically strong enough to take him down the open field early. He's not physically strong enough to hold him up against the cage early. And he's not a good enough striker to give him anything to think about, right? Daniel Taymor, plus he's really tall and lanky. His legs right this there should for the, the kicking.
2: First live bettable fight on the card as well. I would hope
1: so because that's a great spot. Hooper is—he's tall, lanky. His legs exposed. Daniel Tamor At least likes if to kick. The
2: order stays like this.
1: Daniel Tamer will go in. He'll kick, kick, kick. He'll beat up the leg. He'll hurt him. He'll—he'll—we'll we, win the first round. Now is when you gotta think, do I got the goal to bet this on that? Daniel Taylor's got a bad gas tank, and he's got bad submission defense, overall not a great grappler. Hooper can fucking grapple, man. It's just that he's literally gotta find a way to fall on top of you, mm-hmm. cause he's got the other skills are lacking him currently. Yeah. I envision a scenario where Hooper wins this fight late. But again, I hate, similar to the Akhmadov versus Heinrich fight, I hate betting a fight that I know one guy's gonna go down early. Hooper could very well, very well go down too. Finish in the third, yeah, or he could go down to rally in the third and not win, right? So that's a pass, but the line tells you it's it's yeah, it's a, a pickem. Pick that's why when I see these people debating, it's like, bro, there's there's a good side on both of these arguments. I understand both sides. When you when you're telling me what you're telling me, I get it
2: lock it in it's uh,
1: but like this is not the fight to make some money I on. can't
2: believe people are picking the other side It's just like well
1: someone's going to win they will be like I fucking walks- told you so Cooper's yeah. nose is to the left he's bleeding his legs mangled but he got a submission in the third you told me so absolutely or Tamer Cruzs yeah, like these guys I, I have played I 100
2: know, times I don't one know. guy wins 48 the other
1: guy that's wins That's not a, that's not a disrespect to anybody that has been talking about that fight like don't don't feel like oh Cody's talking that. like I'm just I'm just Shooting the shit and being like, this is a fight that you're sticks not, out not, strangely on a, such a stacked event.
2: You're not firing shots at anyone in specific, just the entire community.
1: Oh no, no, that's what I don't want to be oh. perceived as. I love everybody.
2: Right, let's just move on. We've got Kaikara France taking on Brandon Moreno. Kai Kaikara France minus 165. Brandon Moreno plus 145. Kaikara France is a little bit overrated, mm, I
1: think. You're catching on that too, are you? This is the
2: spot. This is the spot where I fade. Um, I don't know that that Pavek fight—he was—he should have lost. He's lucky I had him. <laughs> Thank he's God he, didn't he was lose down it. under because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not getting that decision if we're in Vegas. I'll tell you that much. Um, and then you know he did what he had to do against against uh, Mark De La Rosa, but like that was a pretty low level fight. Brandon Moreno, sure he's had a bunch of losses. He's pretty wild, but like he's fought some really, really legitimate talents uh, in this division and. I feel like if the fight gets real, real greasy, he's got that like super, super guillotine choke. His striking ain't half bad. Um, I don't know where he's training for this camp, but he's doing a lot of time at like elevation. Yeah. I thought that's where he was with those guys. I liked it when he was there. I don't, I don't know if he still continued there, but plus 145. I know Kylie Kara is from city kickboxing with all those other guys and you know, I'm sure he's been spending a lot of time with Volkanovski, maybe not so much. He's quite a bit smaller than Volkanovski, I guess, but I'm sure they're going to be very much ready for this fight. But plus 145, I'll I'll take a shot on the dog Brandon Moreno here. Um I just think Kai Kara-France he's a flyweight that kind of depends on his power. Like his power is like his best thing and flyweights power that's not something that is a sustainable win. Um. So, yeah, I think Brandon Moreno is the play. It's dogger pass for me. What about you? Yeah, I'm feeling
1: the same thing, dogger pass. Uh, Not only was I very much aided by the judges in Kara France's last two fights ago, sorry, that Roland Pava fight. Not only did that save me a lot, but Brandon Moreno's suspect judges giving that draw versus Askarov... Woo, that saved me too. I didn't really think Marino had made those steps. I didn't know that he made the progression. He's only 26. He's young. We saw flashes of brilliance. And I remember that fight uh, with Pantoja. He's ranked 16. Pantoja's ranked one heading into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Fights him in the opening round. Man, that's talk about some bad luck for the young 23-year-old kid. And he lost that fight. But he gave a great account of himself, especially in the earlier couple rounds. It's like maybe there's something there. You see him come to the UFC, picks up a couple nice little wins here. Fades. He's at elevation. Just, I checked now. He's back in Tijuana, Mexico, which I don't love had spent a little bit of time at the Performance Institute in Vegas, like, bounces around a little bit. Like, I I, I don't know how much improvements he's making, but he's a legitimate grappler. Like, he's actually a pretty decent grappler. If he gets on top of you, he can have his way. That Askarov fight is a good example. Askarov is probably a better striker, but, like, Moreno is Mexican, man. You You can knock him out. He's got a cast iron chin. Now, he's added that grappling element into his game. Like, that was what evaded him before. He used to just wing bombs. Wing bombs, wing bombs, have his way with you. You could take him down. Now he wings bombs, wings bombs tries to pursue the takedown on his own. He's always developing. It's not all there yet, but we got something to work with. Whereas Kaikara France, again, only 26 years old, but I don't see the same skill transition. This is not a guy that's worked on his grappling. This is a guy that just basically strikes. Only I don't know that he's got, he does not have the power to defeat Brandon Moreno. And the, when he doesn't finish opponents early and it's forced to go longer, mm-hmm. he starts out slick. It's like when you watch him early, it's, damn, this guy's tight. He's technical. Doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. The longer the fights go, he's pulling up short on his punches. He's getting hit a lot more. His activity falls right off. And that fight with Pava, it's like you're in your own backyard. There's no cardio issue here. There's no weight cut issue here. You're flyweight. Uh, and you comfortably make it. You should you should have your way with this guy, right? Not only does Pava outwork his ass, Peva ended up uh, it was a cut stoppage his next fight but but the illustration was it's like he's not even a top prospect. No. Kaikar Franz is a top prospect out of this great gym that's producing world champions and world champion He's a top
2: prospect. He's on the ultimate no, fighter no, and no. he was nothing he special good. in that spot right. either, right?
1: He's got the perception of because he's rolling with these guys
2: yeah, that he is those guys. He
1: is. As he continues. If maybe, he, loses may, spot, maybe, maybe, he loses his fight. Maybe
2: three years from now, maybe maybe he just progressively gets better just being surrounded by those guys. But in this spot right here, I don't think it's this, this
1: is a crossroads for him in my book. Because mm-hmm. if he goes out and beats Moreno, they're both 26. They're both still considered prospects. He beats Moreno. He is very much a prospect. He loses to, to Moreno. Do you know what that makes him? Do you know what that makes him, Paul Chauncey? spendable. It makes him Jean Valante. It makes him Jean Valante. He's friends with Chris Weidman. <laughs> but he's not... Chris Weidman. Nowadays, you can't really make that joke anymore because it's like, shit, maybe he beats Chris Weidman. Uh, but there was a time where it's like, people would always be like, man, look who he's training with. Yep. Like, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where he's at. Other thing to take in consideration is that like, Adesanya's 185 pounds. Like, Hooker is a big 40, a big 45er. Volkanovski used to play rugby at 200 plus. And as a 45, you're like, is Kai France benefiting from being around those guys? Yes. The work ethic there, the game plan. I, I get it. It's a good place to be. I'm he, sure
2: there's other dudes there that he's are really, not, really talented he's not that we've he's never heard them. of. But.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whereas this could be a flat pass. To me, this is dogger pass. I would have some exposure to Brandon Moreno. That plus 145 seems a decent. It's, pick it's a pick It's a pick-em that you're going to be 45 on. I'll take that.
2: Viviani Arroyo takes on Jessica Evil. I'm 170 Arroyo, plus 150 I. Hot takes here.
1: Yeah. Any hot takes? I mean, I've been talking a lot about like these narratives and they're not all going to work out. But like Jessica, I, for some reason, people just don't like her. She's complained a whole lot. You look at her, you look at her. She got head kicked by Valentin Shevchenko. It's a world title fight against the greatest girl to do it right now, 125 ever. So it's the division just got created, but she's the best. And, and now, and now she's coming in at plus 150 against Vivian Arroyo, who's got some skill, but like eyes, when she's not getting kicked in the face, they're always close fights, Paul. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of close fights. The Chukagian fight. And Chukagian, age, you got a great style for winning. Split decision. The, the Kalindra Ferry fight, split decision. The Rose Clark fight, split decision. Her losses. Betch Gohea, split decision. The Misha Tay fight, they went the distance. Juliana Peña, they went the distance. Mm-hmm. Alexis Davis split decision. They're all close fights. So I want to tell you, hey, this is likely the way I've seen it, the way I've come when I've looked at my tape on it, could be a close fight. Arroyo probably wants to get this fight to the ground. If she's unable to get the fight to the ground... Go ahead.
2: Do you think she's going to try to... She won't be able to... I don't think she'll be able to wrestle. I, so I, I think... I think i's the only... considerably better wrestler. Yeah, but it seems Arroyo's to me... Arroyo's more of a, of a stand-up Muay Thai specialist. Well,
1: you know what? I could be completely off on it. I could be... It could be a stand-up battle in where you've got I think, I is a is the boxer. I think
2: Arroyo's just, like, super... Is probably going to have a speed advantage and um, should be able to pick her apart from distance. Uh, The question is whether I is able... The problem is with Jessica, I just don't think she has great, great game plan. She comes in and... Like, her game plan, in my opinion here... It's the
1: kind of game plan that leads to close fights that you could win, you could lose, right? They are close fights. You're right. Maybe she gives up the, the kicks. Maybe she gives up the speed advantage. She gives up the length advantage. She gives the outside. But all she wants to do at the end of the day is just have a boxing match in the MMA ring, right? So to not take her down, to not threaten the takedown, you're just playing into her hand. Anyways... Where the last fight, we said it, it, it's a dog or pass, like the dog. All these fights, it's like, it's a pass. This is the same thing. Don't get into too many, I see some value in just guy, I'm just yeah. going blind, to blindly bet a dog. She has always yeah, been a, stay be, been for a me well. yeah, every time you watch her fights, they're close, you bite your nails, you don't love it. She wins, you're all happy, you made the pick. She loses, you're all sad, you made the pick. But at the end of the day, you just shouldn't have made the pick in the first place. This would be another classic Jessica. I see some merit to her. I'm just not willing to pull the trigger at 150 even though it's a decent enough price tag.
2: And finally, we got Puna Soriano taking on Oscar Pachota. It's a straight pick. Do you see value on either side here? Uh we're just we don't really know all that much about Sorian. That's that's the issue. He won on the contender series. He didn't look great winning on the contender series. They were supposed to ship him over to Russia where he's supposed to take on the I had greasy theories about oh, that. Uh, that was a I'm good theory save, too. That I'm gonna save for the next too. time Yandiev uh shows up. Um if he ever does show up again. That guy's got a real checkered past. But um I, yeah, I just don't know enough about this kid. I, I wasn't impressed with him on the Contender Series. He seemingly got a contract because he was managed by uh, Ali Abdelaziz. Uh, I don't, and, you know, and you got Pichota,
1: who's like uh, he's Cage Warriors champion, correct? Yeah, well, Pichota, yeah, Pichota's a Cage Warriors champion. He's yeah. a he's a high-level BJJ black belt that's competed in some of the greatest grappling tournaments in the world. And despite the fact that he got some in his last two fights, I know that looks funny. It's like he, legit credentials. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, I'm, I'm stumped by this one, to yeah. be perfectly honest. I yeah. guess nobody's lining up after him coming off of two losses to, to bet Pachota, But, like, Soriano looked pretty pretty green. He looked like a guy who has potential, um, has heart and everything like that. But he's pretty young and, and unrefined right now. So, I don't have a hard pick, but I guess I would take Pachota, But, yeah, no, I'm not... Uh, I'm not really sold on anything yet. What about you?
1: You you could pass on the first three fights and there'd be no problem about that. Yeah. They are close enough. Um, yeah, I, I got I got Oscar Pachota as well. It's Soriano. this is the thing is that there are question marks there. How good's this guy? What is this actual skill set like? What's he gonna how's he gonna react when he's put into certain spots? But like he has Ali Abdelaziz as a manager. He was given a contract when he didn't deserve a contract. He was given the strangest fight in Russia mm-hmm. in his first fight against Yandiev. No fucking sense does this make.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, which eventually gets bailed out on, anyways. Yep. Are they are they are they looking to do him a favor? Are they looking to build this guy up? And it's not as if Pachoda's just a nobody. Like Pachoda's former Cage wars champion. He's also got four UFC fights. Yo, he lost his last two. Yeah, Demir Shart and Rodolfo Vieira. Like Come on, man. That's not that bad of a a tune. His striking, he's very tall for the weight class. He's got a good length to him. His striking's improved. He's not a striker, but it's improved. His wrestling, meh. Got a good chin on him, and he's got that grappling. So Soriano might be able to keep this fight standing the first round. Bomb on him. I hear the guy's actually got some decent wrestling as well. Maybe he uses his wrestling. I don't think he uses his wrestling, actually. Because he's going to go right into the trap of Pechota, who Pechota does not mind playing off his back, especially against a young neophyte like this. So we got a striking battle. I would give the advantage to Soriano. Problem is, I wouldn't give the advantage to Soriano for 15 minutes. I'd give mm-hmm. him the advantage until he starts to tire. When, once you start to tire and you start to get hit, then we see what you're made out of. I haven't seen that out of him, mm-hmm. so I don't know what he's made out of. But I have seen so many of these guys come to the UFC it's not for them. You look awesome. Joe Gigliotti. You look awesome in the regional scene. But it's like you come to the UFC and somebody cracks you in the mouth. It's like, oh, fuck. You try to shoot a takedown on somebody who trains every single day. This is their bread and butter. Oh, shit. Didn't come as easy as it used to. Uh, part of me thinks that Soriano could get a gut check and fold up. Now, Pechota's on a two fight losing streak. It's hard to back him. He's got the skill. It's even because one guy's losing right now, but has got better skills. And one guy's undefeated and could potentially be better than we're giving him credit for. But you're taking a chance. You're taking a chance. You're taking a chance on either Soriano is actually good, which we don't know yet. He is actually good, and you're betting it. Or you're betting that he's not good and that Pachota, two-fight losing streak Pachota, is good. By the way, I had a lot of money on Rodolfo Vieira. Right and Pachota fucking looked decent in the early portion, and then thank fucking God hit the ground. Rodolfo does what Rodolfo does, but like it was a moment where I was like, I ain't gonna disrespect this guy again. Whereas I bet a lot on Soriano's contender series fight. Cheeks, he didn't he didn't look like that good.
2: That's for look sure, that, huh?
1: the butt cheeks, goddamn <laughs> right. <laughs> butt I was were,
2: like, we're tight.
1: Yeah, because I did not want no shit slipping out into the pie. And he, trust me, he was on every single part of like he mm-hmm. was the fucking pie. Yeah. So anyway, this kid. Made some improvements. Can't be overlooked. Soriano did not impress me. The pick would be Pachota, but again, you, you could pass.
2: All right, let's go through the DraftKings breakdown for this card. Um, we start at the top. We have Peter Jan, who's $9,400. Pretty safe if you can get up there, I would imagine, to uh, to pay up for your boy who's, who averages over 100 points every single time he goes out there. The guy just puts an absolute pace. I'm sure you agree with that statement.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Looking at the guys from the high-end proportion of it, Peter Young, Faber has still got some durability. It's not as if this guy has got is someone who's lost his chin. It's not like he's got submission defense problems. So there is a world that exists where Peter Young beats on him for 15 minutes, doesn't get you that finish. Mm, I don't know. but That's like 85 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he does have tremendous pace. So one could envision a world where even if he scores no takedowns against Faber, there's no ground transitions, he could get enough significant strikes to get you roughly what you need to get. He's going to probably be one of the higher-priced guys, but... I can see people avoiding him because he's that extra few hundred dollars. Moving down, you got Brown. He feels so much safer to guarantee you some points. Like, Like, barring he should have...
2: Taking on chinny. I mean, every time Ben Saunders fights, his opponent is a DraftKings play because you know that it's not going to take much to knock this guy out. Here's a
1: feature DraftKings should add. You know how you can click on them and see their past history? You should see what their opponent has scored against them. Because no. when you fight Ben Saunders, you get the rub. It's a, a get-right spot. You get the DK rub. Oh, it's just sure. like, I'm scoring 100 points. Pepe Matt yeah. Brown. Uh, There's a
2: knockdown somewhere there, plus some yeah, other yeah. significant strikes. It's, and it's
1: like, oh, dude, Matt, in his last fight, he knocked out Diego Sanchez. like... Think about that for a minute. Who knocks out Diego Sanchez? Yeah. Hey, Diego Sanchez has had shots miss him. That would knock out Ben Saunders. So I, I, I think that's a strong one. Man Nunez ninety two hundred dollars. She could get a little bit of favoritism being the champion. She did finish Holly Holm. Who saw that one coming? Does five, that Five game. rounds. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not really looking to hammer that. It is five rounds. The ninety two hundred dollars kind of scares me a little bit in that. Durandamy is in slow pacing affairs. Mm-hmm. Nunez is smart enough to respect her. She's actively her.
2: avoiding. Yeah, she's <laughs> going to try to slow the pace of this fight down.
1: Yeah, and like Cyborg hit her and hurt her. Like she understands the elements of striking. She's not going to go out there and just bum rush her. Like she's going to try to take her time, seize the moment, take this into some I mean, later that's what rounds.
2: She did against, yeah, against uh, Shapchenko. Take your time. Those were not big scoring fights. No, no. And so. I, could, I
1: could honestly see this one going the same way. Okay. I, if she does what I think she can and should do, get that early takedown, get the submission. But that well, is, if that they is all, if they all do what I think they can do, then we'd be sure. fucking rich. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Neil, Neil interests me. He's $9,100. The problem is no takedowns, no submissions. He has to knock out Perry. Who knocks out Perry? Yeah, That one worries me. He's he's traditionally a high scorer because he gets the finish. Yep. Take that off the table against Perry, and he bombs Perry with 80 of the nicest shots, it's scoring you, what, 40 DK points with no takedowns, Maybe no he gets a
2: knockdown somewhere in there. No,
1: he gets a decision. You don't think he can knock him down? Oh, he can maybe. knock him down. Duty he stumbles, and Mike Jeff Perry Neal just stumbles back to his feet. Anybody can knock like, out that's, anybody. That's in play. Of course he can knock him out. but Knock if, him
2: down. Yes, he 10 could knock points for the knockdown.
1: Which would put him if Not he got
2: so a knockout? I'm saying that the knockdown ten points. If so he had, like, if even he had if he eighty got,
1: significant strikes, yeah. that's forty points, right? Yeah. And he gets a decision win twenty five, that puts him at sixty five points, and he gets a knockdown at seventy five points. But he's ninety one hundred dollars. Yeah. So you're gonna. All I'm saying is that he would have to finish him, which I don't fully see, or just style on this motherfucker, which he could. That he could. I don't I see just, it as. I, I don't, don't see, it see it as. I don't see prevalent it of a of yeah, a I situation. I agree. Uh, moving on, Marlon Moraes, That's actually the same thing to me. It's like. He, he should style him. He mm-hmm. could score a lot, but Jose Aldo has a way of surviving. And Jose Aldo has a way of sitting there and allowing nothing to happen. That slows down the tempo of a pace. Frankie had the same problem at UFC 200. You pull your punches on him a little bit. Uh, could could he go out there and put put on a masterful performance and, and knock out Jose Aldo? Yeah. I'm not fully seeing it. and He has $9,000, so... I'm hey, thinking. I'm, I'm you, thinking. You just you take need a flat the first
2: out. round knockout with based on how what his fight <laughs> style is. You need that first round knockout probably for him to return value.
1: Yeah, yeah. The other high plays, Kamaru Usman. I'm going with Colby Covington. If you're an Usman guy, he should be able to score a lot. But he's another example. You take takedowns off the table. He's just going to get it on punch output. He's got output. Mm-hmm. But I trust. Colby Covington's 140 strikes, a lot yep. more than I would trust. Kumar Usman's 80 strikes, Same so that's here. why I'm going that way. Vieira, that's a flat pass me. Max Holloway, the guy scores big when he scores, we, right? The, I, I, the I winner see of- I see it. I don't—I'm not going him. It's either a pass or a dog for me personally. I'm not going him, but there's no discrediting $8,700 Max Holloway. Fucking five-round situation.
2: I don't see a path— for the winner of this fight to not end up on the, the and you,
1: you line. said it, you said it your best, stack the shit out of this on a cash game.
2: Cash game, this is the stack fight for sure. I'm sure you, other people are going to stack double stack. I think are, is in play. I don't, I don't, really, I play mostly GPP,
1: but like I would double stack. <laughs> the two I will fight.
2: have a hundred uh, percent own. Like I will be hundred percent exposure to this fight. Um, I'll have Max Holloway and Volkanovsky. I think you uh, there's 13 fights on the card. It's really hard to like find somebody getting an optimal with two two guys. But like this is the type of fight that sometimes sneakily, sneakily, s- you're like, oh, the loser of the fight still scored like 90 points and ends up on an optimal. Like I think that's also still kind of in play. But you need you need this is the fight that you need. To have some owner, or you need to have some uh, exposure. To yeah, you. well, well, exposure well, said. Too. You it's gotta gonna, you gotta
1: put your flag on one of these guys and hope to pull be. it off. Now moving on to those. Now we're into the mid range. Arroyo not feeling it. Pass on for that. This is just me talking. Car France not interested. You, you interested? You know what, Cara France? You don't want Arroyo, well, do you? Eighty six, eighty five. Marino
2: at seventy seven. Right.
1: Ian, Ian Heinisch eighty four. Again, just talked about it. Hooper for $8300 is a fucking GPP play, but he's got to do he's got to get the fight late, he's got to get that submission late. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he's not going to score significant strikes, he's not going to get some great takedown amount, uh, great takedowns. He could style a little bit, get ground transitions, and he could get that submission. But for $8300, I mean, fuck it, if you're going for it, you got to go for it, right? Soriano, we just discussed. Not not big on this. He's not going to submit Pechota. That's off the table. No. Nobody's really shown the ability to knock out Pachota. So even though he's only $8,200, if he's just relying on a striking affair and a decision victory, not enough. Pachota, he theoretically could submit Soriano. He could knock Soriano out as well. But we don't know enough about Soriano. Is he Chinny? Does he have submission defense problems? I, I don't know. So how can I tell you Pachota's going to win inside the distance when I-, when I just don't know? He has a decent price. Daniel Tamor, same thing. If your team Tamor, we talked Looking about for this. that knocking. Yeah, if your team Tamor, then yeah, why the fuck could he not knock a Hooper? He absolutely could. He's only $7,900. Akhmadov, Akhmadov's gonna have to win a decision, and it's gonna have yeah, to be Akhmadov's a greasy like, decision. Basically, never a good. So only Kings he's player. only seventy eight hundred dollars, but he's still not a good play. No, he
2: just fights such a slow pace. Like he's he's trying to actively slow down the pace yeah. of any fight that he's in. He's yeah. never a good DraftKings play. So so unless he had a massive wrestling advantage over his opponent, which he doesn't in this. So situation. at this
1: point, it's like okay, Cody. Well, where are we gonna save some of that? Where are you gonna save some of that money? Okay, it's M- Moreno, seventy seven hundred dollars again. Decent submissions. The guy, he, he's got takedowns. He could get multiple takedowns. He could get ground transitions. He could score nice. 77, definitely got my eye on him. I don't have my eye on I. She's next down at $7,600. Volkanovski, 75. If you're going to stack, you're going to have both of them. If you're playing GPP, you got to go one. He's saving you money, allowing you to get the other pieces and could still score huge. Max Holloway could score huge, but he's expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going for it. Again, you got to have your eye on that. Aldana, she's not a traditionally high scorer, not enough for me. Aldo, I'm not chasing past success. Perry, Perry could drown this guy in the late rounds. $7,100? I'm not having a look at Perry, but do have a look at Perry. Yes, there's some merit there. JDR, she's so cheap, there could be some merit, but she's not knocking out Nunes, not submitting her, not taking her down. She would have to win a close shitty decision Not enough. Ben Saunders, no. Faber, no. But the ultimate play is Colby. Oh God, Colby Covington, baby! They should just say "Make welterweight great again." I don't care about politics, Paul. All I'm saying is Colby Covington is the play. If you want to just put things into a quick, uh, a quick view here, right? Just as how he's been scoring against Robbie Lawler, 169. 0.5 0.5 points. Desanios, 120. Maya, 74. Only that was a three-round fight. The other fights are also three rounds. Kim, 96.5. Brian Barberena, 137. Griffin, 124. You know what? How could I? You're going to send this to Padme or what? You just get a screenshot of the show, pal. How, how could I pass up on the value of Colby? Tilt to your head down a little bit. <laughs> no. So that, <laughs> that is the pick of the show this week. One for old Colby. I think he's going to be on my DK lineup. And yeah, hopefully we can keep the, ro- the momentum going and get a string of good events here as we cap off the new year. Poggy Rob's parlay. This harley. week,
2: we are like last week, we're basically on everything the exact same.
1: Is, well it worked out last week it doesn't usually work out okay. last when we week, like so the either. same picks there's always something up but anyways to yeah. so give the quick parlay to end things off we're going to go with Colby Covington that's going to be dog number one I officially Alexander Volkanovski, and that'll be dog number two Amanda Nunez we are going to take her Marlon Moraes, we're going to take him favorites favorites p- Peter Yan blind man would we'll pick him Jeff Neal 245 yep I'm uh, okay, so I have to make a play here. I'd like to tell you pass, but because I'm forced into it and to make a play, I'll take Aldana. She is a dog. That'd be okay. the third one. I'll marry One thirty. I want to take it. I'm going to take that too. But yeah, the, the smart move is pass on those. Ben Saunders, third thirty-five in Chase Hooper will be the pick. Uh, Chase Hooper's going to be Matt the pick. Brown. You yeah, did yeah, not yeah. Say ben Saunders. Yeah, Chase Hooper's going to be a pick there. Brandon Moreno. He's also a dog. Jessica. Uh, I'll too. take. I'll take Vivian Arreo. Yeah, Hooper's gonna be the pick. I'll read it right at the end just as I circled the mirror. And we're gonna go with Oscar Pachota. So yeah. Covington, Volkanovski, Mendon Nunez, Marlon Moraes, Peter Young, Jeff Neal, Irene Aldon. Oh my god. Mario Ahmedov again, same situation. Oh, great, dicey buddy. as you. Matt, Matt Brown, Matt Brown, Chase Hooper, Brandon Moreno, Viviana Arroyo, and Oscar Pachota. Good luck, people. Pint size your parlays down to maybe just six. Then four. Just a lot of talented. And then put the three you like. And honestly, I do see money to be made on this card, but you don't have to bet every single fact.
2: There's just a, a lot of high-level talent on this card. And when you have high-level talent, despite the odds and lines, it's not like last week where it's like... It was low-level talent, and we liked the favorites in those low-talent low talent fights, and it kind of all just broke the right way for
1: us. It's all how the fight goes. Last week, you look at a card, and you, and you say, I don't like any of these dogs. Someone could say, Jesus Christ, man, you just picked Davids. You just picked Davids. Yeah. The then you look at this card, and it's like, I like four or five of these dogs. Or yeah. at least I acknowledge that they got a chance to cash for some dog yeah. money. It's like, what's every the flip? Every card's different. Yeah, every card's different. Dude, it's just the two fighters that happen to be paired off in the ring at that moment. And that's it. I gotta get to train. So that's yeah, as far well, as it thank goes. you
2: to Cody Sapp for breaking down the fights with me as always. Cody's got a train to catch, oh, so <laughs> let's get the hell out of there. Or let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so uh yeah, again, vote for Mayo. Link is in the description. What else? Oh yeah. In the comment section, leave your DK or like the episode, leave your DK handle and a greasy theory of who Lockport. 3-1-2-1 or what? Lockport Gambino Ford. Who is here and how is he connected to Pat Mayo? The people need to know. Anyway, but for, uh, but for Cody Saftik, I am Paul Shaughnessy saying goodbye and good luck.